0: Good morning everybody, happy Christmas, well done for making it out. What a privilege it is, isn't it? What a pleasure to be able to um, contemplate and reflect on the amazing events long foretold that a saviour to mankind would arrive to save us and we are so blessed to live in the knowledge that those events have already happened in history. And that the Christmas gift of Jesus is freely available on any day, in any place, and for anyone who is willing to accept it. Now listen to these words here from Psalm 22, verse 27 to 31. The whole earth will acknowledge the Lord and return to him. All the families of the nations will bow down before him for royal power belongs to the Lord. He rules all the nations. Let the rich of the earth feast and worship. Bow before him, all who are mortal, all whose lives will end as dust. Our children will also serve him. Future generations will hear about the wonders of the Lord. His righteous acts will be told to those not yet born They will hear about everything he has done.
1: The first reading today is from Luke chapter two, verses one to seven. The birth of Jesus Christ. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria and all went to be registered, each to his own town.
2: Well, good morning, and let me also wish you a very Merry Christmas. Thanks for coming today. The real test will be to see how many people come in at 11 o'clock, and we can all shame them with the closing hymn at that point. Um, I don't know what your favorite thing on Christmas Day is. Uh, We've seen some things this morning. Um, Kids can't sleep. Kids have to get up early because the thing they're most looking forward to is the presents That's not the thing I look forward to most, uh, though this is one of mine today. The thing that I need to know is not what time is the present opening. That's not what I need to know. I need to know this. What time is lunch? What time is lunch? That's the thing that gets me through the present opening, to be honest, is to know that there's a lunch coming. Christmas Day for me is all about the food. And I want to do a little test with you all here today. This will separate out those who always go somewhere else for Christmas dinner versus those who know how to cook a Christmas dinner, okay? We're going to have a look at some recipes for some Christmas fare. And you're going to tell me if you can recognize what it is from the ingredients list, okay? So... uh, If you're under 12, you get first guess, okay? If you were to have, right, let's see if I can do this. I never cook Christmas dinner. What am I thinking? If you were to have flour, turkey fat, and water, what might you be cooking? Yes. Stock, yes. Uh, Gravy, we like to call it, extra thick, yes. Okay, we're up and running. Here's another one for you, okay. Um, Turkey. Uh, ground cumin cardamom garam masala basmati rice what are we making? turkey curry top marks top marks Uh, what else could we come up with? Uh, okay um, sausage meat oh that's it guys (laughs) sausage meat herbs Stuffing, lovely, thank you. Now, all of these things contribute to, for me, a super-duper Christmas, okay? I wonder if you noticed that there's no mention of food, not really, in that part of the Christmas story that Olivia read for us. Well, actually, there is one mention of food. The only mention of food is that Jesus was born, he was wrapped in cloths, and he was laid In a manger. A manger. A manger is what animals ate their food from. Sometimes it was a a, a nice standalone piece like we're sporting over here. Sometimes it was just a hole carved out of the ground. This is where Jesus was laid. And it is an opportunity for us to remember that while we celebrate in, in these ways, That actually Jesus came not into that scene of plenty, but actually came into a scene of poverty. Imagine the mess. Imagine the smells. And yet there the Savior of the world was born and was laid in a manger.
1: The second reading is from Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 16. The shepherds and the angels... You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was an angel, suddenly there was the angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace be among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger.
2: Uh, For most people still in Scotland, there is probably at least some part of this Christmas season where they are at the very least confronted with the scene of the birth of Jesus, And it doesn't always go well. I don't know if you noticed that this year the nativity scene that's usually set up in St. Nicholas Kirkyard in Aberdeen has had to be moved into an empty shop in the Bon Accord Center because it keeps getting vandalized. I'm not assuming there's necessarily Christian persecution behind that. People can be silly. Um, And I was reading um, a couple of years back About similar problems that a church in the United States was having with its nativity scene. And what kept happening was, for some reason, people would steal the baby Jesus. Everything else would be left untouched, and someone would steal the baby Jesus. And here's the most alarming thing of all it took them a long time till they noticed. It took them a long time till they noticed because they saw the nativity scene, and and who do we usually have in the nativity scene? We certainly have the baby in the manger. Uh, who's, Who's usually around that scene? Can anyone help me? Under 12s get first dibs. Yes? Yep. Oh, yes, 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 oh gosh, and sometimes there's an angel in there. I don't know why he's there, but sometimes there's an angel there too. And we see all of those things that go, yes, you got something. And the animals, yes, thank you. There's all this stuff going on around the manger, and we see all of that stuff, and we think we see everything, when in fact for a lot of us, our Christmases are like that nativity scene, where Jesus has been stolen out from the middle of it, and nobody notices. That could not have been the case for those shepherds back in the first Christmas. They would never have settled for that, because what is it that the angel said to them? The the angel said, "'Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger.'" The message of hope that came to the shepherds was entirely wrapped up in them finding a particular person. The only reason that they left their sheep and traveled to Bethlehem that night was to see Jesus. Not to see the stuff that went on around him, but to see him. So, if they had gone to to Bethlehem and they had passed a place where they saw an empty manger, well, they just wouldn't have stopped. They wouldn't have gone in. They were told, this is what you're to look for, guys. A baby wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. They understood that that night, if there was no Jesus, then there's no Christmas. And it's actually more significant than that. I mean, think about it. Each year we have a Burns Night. Okay? Each year in Scotland we have a Burns Night. And we'll recite some poetry, we'll maybe eat some haggis. And it is true, isn't it? If there's no Rabbi Burns, then there's no Burns Night. Is it that kind of thing with Christmas? Actually, it's much more than that. The Bible tells us, yes, without if there's no Jesus, there's no Christmas, and more than that, if there's no Jesus, then there's nothing at all. If there's no Jesus, there is nothing at all. Here's how the Bible describes who Jesus is. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for by him. All things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through Him and for Him. And He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. This is the most amazing thing about Jesus, about this baby who was wrapped in cloths and who was laid in a manger. He is the one who created everything, who created you. He is the one who is holding the whole universe together, including you. He is the great and powerful, almighty God, and here He is, wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. Of course, that's who it is. I mean, who else would warrant a sky full of angels to declare His birth? It is God Himself who has come down to us. And here's the thing, as amazing as it is, the one in the manger is even more than that to us, more than our Creator, more than the one who's holding the whole universe together. Because the angels, they didn't tell the shepherds, that God was born that day. That's not what they said, was it? They said, born to you this day in Bethlehem is a Savior. That's the word they used, a Savior. In Matthew's account of the birth of Jesus, Joseph is told that Mary will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. There was a very clear understanding that this baby who was born was a Savior. He would save people from their sins. And this is an uncomfortable part of the story of Jesus. In fact, you can't tell the story of Jesus without talking about sin. Not His sin, because the Bible is clear that Jesus didn't have any sin, but we can't talk about the story of Jesus without talking about your sin and my sin. We were made to know God, but instead we act as if we are our own God. Doing what I feel like doing is more important than what God wants me to do, and that's how I live my life a lot of the time. And every time I think like that, and every time I act like that, whether I do that in a big way or in a small way, it is what the Bible tells us is sin. And it separates us from God, and it leaves us facing nothing but His judgment. And so if that is the case, we need to be saved from our sins. And this is the foundational good news of Christmas. It's not just that God has come. It's not just the, the, the beautiful scene of a newborn baby. It is that God has come to save, and God has provided a rescue for us in Jesus Christ, who becomes one of us, who lives a sinless life of obedience to God, and who gives that perfect life to die on a cross in the place of sinners. And we can be sure that God accepted what Jesus has done because He raised Jesus again on the third day. That's where this Savior, this small Savior, did the saving, not in the manger in Bethlehem, but on the cross in Jerusalem some 30-odd years later And he did that for all who will come to him believing. So it is the case, a Christmas, a Christmas day without Jesus is tragic. What a tragic thing. I don't know if you've seen a number of of, uh, pieces that have been written this week saying uh, Christmas is a wonderful thing, uh, but for all the religious stuff that goes with it. This remarkable syndrome that we have in the UK at the moment where people think they can take all of the positive things that come from Christmas and somehow divorce it from its origins in Christ. You don't get to do that. To have Christmas without Christ is tragic, but to have a life without Jesus Christ is the most tragic thing of all. Because a life without Jesus, it can have all of the appearances of a good, successful, and virtuous life. But it will always miss this one thing, you will still need to be saved from your sins. You and I both need this Savior who was born all those Christmases ago. Every one of us needs to come to Jesus to offer Him our worship, trusting that He is indeed God's Savior and to submit our whole lives to Him. And then, dear friends, we really do have something to celebrate. More than the thick gravy, the stuffing, tomorrow's curry, we can celebrate that we have come to know the babe in the manger as more than a mere sentimental picture, but as my personal Savior. And that offer is held out to you today, even with all the things that are distracting you today of all days. There is Jesus right at the heart of Christmas, and this offer of rescue from your sins is held out to you today if you will come in faith. Let me take a moment to pray for us and to pray for you as you go into the rest of this Christmas day, and then we'll close our time together with one final carol. Let's, let's pray. Our Father, we thank You for what we remember on this day, that this amazing miracle had taken place, that God had become flesh, come to be born as a baby, come to dwell among us, come to save us. And we thank You that Jesus Christ is more than a a cultural tradition We thank You that He is a living Savior. Thank You that Jesus Christ is the one who has given His perfect life so that we might find forgiveness. Thank You that He has been raised from the dead so that all who trust in Him will with Him have eternal life. And Father, I thank You for each one who's come to join with us to worship today. Thank you that we can worship you through our Savior, and we pray, Father, that all that we seek to do in the rest of this day, with so many things that would crowd in on us, so many things that could stress us, make us anxious, Father, we would not fail to have Christ at the very heart of what we do today and at the heart of our lives every day. We do take time to remember those for whom Christmas Day is not a joyous occasion, for those who feel, uh, feel losses and who mourn most keenly at this time of year, Father, we pray you would be very near to them. Those who are struggling with their health today, who are not able to do all that they wish they could do, Lord, we pray that you would encourage them and remind them that Jesus has come to us, and that this spring would bring great joy. Father, for those who are traveling today, we pray you would keep them safe, and Father, that there would be a true sense of worship and adoration to the new-born King. As we thank you for all that we've already received, and especially for Jesus, and we pray in his name. Amen.